I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 65. Teach these things freely unto your children, studying Genesis chapter 5 and Moses chapter 6. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. So everybody watched Encanto yet? I have Don't Talk About Bruno stuck in my head. Um, also, if you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend. And if you have any level of Latin blood in you, um, I recommend watching it with a giant, giant box of tissue. I sobbed like a baby through the entire thing. Um, it was super good, though. I really enjoyed it. Okay, now that we've got my movie review out of the way, let's talk about the scriptures. Um, so, even though the reading is Genesis 5 and Moses 6, I am mostly hanging out in Moses 6 because it just gives us more. Genesis 5 is kind of the, like, bare bones. This is how, like, these people begat these people. This guy is a good guy. That guy's a bad guy. Like, the end. Um, and in Moses 6, we get so much more. So, um, <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to look at was the scripture for, um, like, the, you know, like, each lesson has, like, a title that goes with it. This one is teach these things freely unto your children. Like, what are the things that we should be teaching? And, like, verse 6, 7, 8 are the basics like we're talking basics um moses 6 6 right all of these are going to be in chapter 6 of moses so i when i reference a number it's just going to be the verse so in 6 it says by them their children um were taught to read and write like basics okay seven and eight they learn about priesthood um and the most basic of knowledge that every single one of us need. It's one of the first things Heavenly, oh, excuse me. One of the first things Heavenly Father teaches Moses. It's one of these things that if we have a firm grasp on this particular piece of knowledge, Satan is going to have such a harder time tempting us and convincing us to follow him. And that little nugget of knowledge is that we are created after, like, God created us. God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. We are children of God. And not just we are children of God because we, he made us, but we are also children of God because he made us like him. Um, and I honestly believe that once you really tap into understanding your divine nature, it is so much harder for Satan to get a foothold with you because even when you do make mistakes, even when you do mess up, which you will, you will make mistakes. You will mess up. Um, I'm reading worthiness is not flawlessness and teaching in um, relief society this upcoming Sunday, which today's January 7th. So I think it's the ninth, but um, by the time you hear this, this, that lesson will have long since passed. Um, but one of the things that he talks about in there 
is how sometimes Satan can trick us into thinking that God is only there to help us once we have become righteous. That's not how it works. Heavenly Father is there every single step of the way. Just like we are there every single step of the way for our children as they make mistakes and as they are learning. We don't wait until they're perfect human beings and then step in and be like, hey, I'll be your mom now. Like, that's not how it works because if that's how it works, then nobody would ever have parents. <laughs> it would never work. Um, we're there for the whole process and as is Heavenly Father. And so when we understand this most basic piece of knowledge, our divine nature, the fact that we are His... Um, this piece of knowledge is the key for me to unlock compassion for myself when I make mistakes, um, to unlock humility, to always feel comfortable going to my heavenly father to ask for help, to ask for forgiveness, to ask for grace. Um, because I know I'm his child and he loves me unconditionally. Now, does he approve of every single choice that I make? Eh, no, right? I make bad choices sometimes. Why? Because I'm a human being and sometimes I make bad choices. But I think the key here in understanding our divine nature is that when our natural man kind of gets a one-up on our divine nature, we know that Heavenly Father does not love us less because we are his children and he knows he knew from the very beginning, before Adam and Eve set foot on this planet, he knew that they were going to make mistakes, hence why he called a savior, right? Okay, um, verse 16, Satan and his secret combinations are bad news, and they have always been bad news from the very, very beginning, right? With Cain, he's like, I'm going to give you all this power, I'm going to give you all this stuff, I'm going to do all this stuff for you. All you got to do is kill your brother. And he's like, cool, I'll do it. And then Cain kills Abel. And then Satan's like, peace, yo. Like, you're the worst. You killed your brother. Bye. And he just completely abandons him. Which is how Satan works. That's, that's his MO. Is that he tricks you into believing that he's got the goods. Then he just leaves you holding the bag and disappears. And it's like, wow. And then, and then. And then he has the gall to come and tell you after he tricked you into making a mistake that you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. That you're unlovable. That no one could ever want anything to do with you. That you're too far gone. Lies, 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 more lies. All the lies. Why? Because he's the father of lies. So we know this. We know it never ends well. So why do people keep falling for Satan's tricks? ultimately because he's really good at his job and because people want power. Whether that is power within our own lives to feel like we have some level of control over our lives or whether that is like monetary power or physical power or whatever that looks like, we want power. So we go with whatever Satan tells us to do and we make bad choices. And so I think when you understand that, you can understand your own motiva motivation. Sorry. I'm talking kind of weird. A crown in the back of my tooth came out. Crown in the back of my tooth. My back tooth in the back of my mouth, the crown fell off. And so it's like making me have this weird lisp. It's really strange. Anyway, it doesn't hurt at all. It just feels super strange. And I have to remember like consciously not to chew on that side. 
because nothing will happen. Um, so when we understand why people fall for Satan's tricks, we can be better aware of that within our own lives. And I know like what kind of power I am drawn to. Um, and it's not going to be the same kind of power that you're drawn to. And being aware of that and understanding, okay, wait, wait a minute. I want to make this choice. What's my motivation here? What's the goal? Am I making this choice out of love? Am I making this choice because I'm trying to like get something? Like what's the goal? And once you can kind of like look at your choices like that, it's a lot easier to see when you're being tempted into doing something um, versus when you're making a good and honest choice. Also, like you can feel the difference. At least I can. I can feel the difference between good choices and bad choices. But Satan's also super tricky. And sometimes he takes something that is completely good and then he just twists just a little bit of it so that it's not quite what it was. And then once he gets you to fall for that, then he does the same thing and he twists a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until you're falling for flat out lies, which is why it's so important to be in the word of God and reading our scriptures and saying our prayers and talking to him constantly so that we can recognize the difference between what God feels like and what Satan feels like. Um, in verses 26 um, and 27, there are just some questions that came to me as I was reading these. Like, when does your heart wax hard? Like, what does that feel like for you? Um, when are your ears dull of hearing? When can your eyes not see far off? Right? When, when do we hit these moments in our lives? And what does that feel like in our bodies and in our minds and our hearts? Like, how does it feel when my heart feels hard? Right? When I... Um, and I, it, usually for me, it feels really tense. Like I can feel, um, like when I'm on edge or I'm, I'm really irritated about something, I'm not as compassionate. I don't feel as soft. I don't feel as at peace. Um, and I can feel the hardness. And so I think that's just something kind of to kind of take note of and be aware of, um, verses 31 and through 34. I love this so much. The whole story of Enoch here. Now this Enoch is city of Zion Enoch. This is, they lived in such harmony and love and unity that God just like scooped them up and brought them to heaven, city of Enoch, Enoch. Okay. This is the Enoch we're talking about. This is my favorite thing. God picks Enoch who describes himself as a lad. All the people hate who is slow of speech. I mean, this guy is a prophet who literally leads the people to have such love and unity and oneness that Heavenly Father scoops them up and takes them all to heaven. And he, he was just a little guy who people hated, who was slow of speech. And I think this is so important because as we talked about with the creation story, Heavenly Father has the power to take something that is nothingless, void, mud and turn it into paradise and how we who come from the dust when we allow heavenly father into our lives when we do as he asks us to do even when it sounds really big and scary and we're like are you sure you picked the right person because i feel majorly unqualified for the position you just picked for me um when we trust him and go with the process and do as he asks 
we can become paradise, right? We can have those paradisical moments where we change from dust to paradise, but we have to go through the process. We have to do the whole six days, you know? Um, and I think that's, Enoch is such a fabulous example of that. And I just love all the people hate me and I'm slow of speech. Are you sure? Are you sure you picked the right guy? And the father's like, listen, yes, I did. Trust me. And Enoch is like, okay. <laughs> and he does. And it works out great. Um, not to say that it was, you know, all peaches and cream the entire trip, but it ends really, really good. Okay. Last one I want to talk about is um, verses 55 through 58. And I love this that the children of men must taste the bitter, that they may know to prize the good. It is given unto them to know good from evil, wherefore they are agents unto themselves. And this is what it all comes down to. Why do we make mistakes? Why are we allowed, why is, uh, is Satan allowed to run rampant on their, why did you stop? Sorry, my cat's like licking my feet, <laughs> tickles. Um, why is Satan allowed to just run rampant on the earth and do whatever he wants and tempt us to make bad choices? Why are we allowed to make bad choices? Why are other people allowed to make choices that hurt us? Why is the world allowed to be imperfect and hurt us? Right? Why, you know, this is a question I hear a lot from people who don't believe in God or feel that they've been betrayed by God. They're like, well, if there was a God, then this wouldn't happen. God wouldn't allow this thing to happen, except we must taste the bitter to know to prize the good. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan, which sometimes that's really comforting. And sometimes it's a little bit like, really, this was part of the plan. How could this be part of the plan? And I've said this before. I genuinely believe that when bad things happen, it happens for one of three reasons. Either we used our own agency and made bad choices and now we're dealing with consequences. Somebody else used their agency, made bad choices, and now we're dealing with their consequences. Or we live in a fallen world and that's just kind of a consequence. Sometimes things happen that are awful and sad, like little kids getting cancer and tidal waves knocking out entire civilizations and all kinds of horrible things that happen because we live in this fallen world, because we live with other human beings who also have agency and because we're human beings who have agency and we have to make mistakes in order to learn. We have to go through the process of making the bad choices so we can look back on our lives and be like, okay, now I recognize the good from the evil and now I can make choices. I've made choices the whole time. Now I make better choices because I understand more. Um, and that's the point right? The point is, is that we come here knowing nothing and that as we learn, live our lives, as we make our choices, we make good choices, we make bad choices, we learn from our choices and we try to make better choices and we still make mistakes and we still make bad choices, but we're constantly trying to adjust a little bit at a time. Um, one of my things that I was talking about, um, for, I was talking to my cousin about this for um, the lesson I'm teaching on Sunday about repentance and how repentance, sometimes I think we get it caught in our heads. And I think if we think about it consciously, we know that it's not like this, but sometimes unconsciously, 
we tend to think about repentance as a college, um, like a degree, right? Where it's like, I have to work really hard. I have to get everything sorted out. Okay. I got, I got my degree. I have my bachelor's in repentance. Like here's my certificate done. Except that's not really how it works. It's more like I'm driving somewhere I've never been before and it's super heavy traffic. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of, um, stimuli, right? And I'm following the GPS the best that I can, but sometimes I miss the turn and I have to recalculate and I have to take a couple of other turns to get back onto my original path to where I'm trying to go that I've never been before. I've never been this way before. I've never driven in this place. Um, and every time we make a mistake, every time I miss an exit or I miss a turn, I don't have to drive all the way back home and then start over again, which I think sometimes we think is true. Um, but we don't have to do it that way. We get to make our choices. And when we make the mess up, when we make the mistake, we get to stay where we are and keep going forward. Um, I don't think that we can go backwards. I don't think that we work that way. And I think these are some of the most important things that we can be teaching our children as we are learning them ourselves. Um, so I'll talk to you next week.